Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. It's a Davy Tree Weekend. Talking trees within a half hour, but let's begin. Ladies and gentlemen, with Doug and Jess, the Organic Gardeners, by inviting you to all phone in with your gardening questions at 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank, Instant Access, kdkradio.com. And the 10th caller right now wins a gift certificate, $25, from the good folks at Sorgles, 412-922-1020. Doug, Jess, good morning and welcome back. Good morning. I'm Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. And Jessica, I have to tell you about something I was at yesterday that blew me away. Okay. <laughs> Penn State Master Gardeners of Armstrong County's plant sale. I spoke there. I had the most wonderful crowd, but this plant sale, I, I couldn't believe it. It just, they start, they start everything, and it was just table after table of beautiful plants, weird plants. I mean, a variety of tomatoes you couldn't imagine. I have another Mexican sunflower tithonia story. For okay. You. <laughs> you, this is This is weird, but... Okay, so they they had a, a, a label in the wrong flat. Okay. Somebody moved it. Of Mexi- okay. I said, because I had a big picture. Oh, wow, they have Mexican sunflowers. And I looked at the plants. It was a whole flat of the wrong thing. And I looked like two flats down. I said, oh, there's a, there they are. So I moved the plant marker over. And there were only about six or seven four-packs left. Well, I just started walking around soliciting strangers <laughs> and telling them, all about Mexican sunflower and what a great plant it is and actually sold the five of them and then one of the master gardeners came over you really like that plant I said yes this is my plant yeah yeah and she said why don't you give away that last flat so I took the last flat and gave it gave it away at the end of my talk and then I found another one there salvia's when salvia wendy's wish is one of my favorite plants I haven't found it in a couple years did the same thing, you know. You know, people are looking at me like, "What? Is, who is this guy? Does he work here?" <laughs> and I talked about that. I was able to. There was a lot of that. There was two flats of that. I was able to talk about that at my talk, and it was all gone by the end of the day. I got three plants. I was going to say, did you get any three, before it was all three gone? Three plants. All and right. The prices were good, and the people were just. They were. It was a. I got to go up there next year, you know, and it took me less than an hour from the North Hills to get there. It was at Catan in Catanning at the Belmont Co- Complex. It was, you know, I've been to a lot of plant sales, a lot of, you know, May Market type things. They're, mm-hmm. they're great. Don't get me wrong. But this one, those tomato plants just, I mean, cool. they're huge and deep green. And, and and I had earlier given them some Limbaugh Legacy potato top seeds. They grow th- those out. They had all these Well, you next know, year you have wines. to give us all a heads up. I know, this event is coming up so I we know, can all make sure that we take part in it I talked about it too. last week. You did. Yeah. You did. So. You did. It was a lot of fun. And I'm going to be out on the road today, uh, two, 2 o'clock today, the Allegheny Township Historical so- Society. That's at the 1824 Walker Farmhouse in Leechburg, talking about 
heirloom gardening, all the old plants that I love. Uh, you can look on Facebook. You gotta you gotta send an email to register. So that's gonna be fun today. Oh, that will be fun. So in your garden, you got your beans in, right? Yeah, I spent the day yesterday. Uh, Ty had off of school on Friday, so we hit up a bunch of local nurseries and filled up the car with plants and planted all the containers on Friday. And then yesterday, I spent the day in the garden and I got my potatoes planted. And I'm doing this. Um, you know, I have those big square tall towers in my vegetable garden they're actually have you seen them okay so they're an old closet organizer an old metal closet organizer it's like 18 inches by 18 inches square and it's about six and a half seven feet tall Mm. and i painted one purple and the other one's turquoise and i put them up in the garden and then i cover them with that um like garden netting and then that's why i grow my beans up Right. So I planted the from Renee's garden seeds. They have a blend, a tri blend of pole beans. It's purple, yellow and green pole beans all mixed together. But what's cool about it when I open the pack is that the seeds are all different colors. So there's there was white seeds, black seeds, and then like this pretty brown with speckled seeds. So you could, I don't know which one will be which, but, but you, you could, could mix them alternate up, right? them right so that I could mix them up together around this. So it fits exactly one package of seeds around my tower. And then I did music, which is, have you, have you ever grown music? Music of beans? Mm-mm. They are um, flat. It's a flat potted uh, green bean. So what do they call those, a Romano type green bean, but they do not get uh, stringy Mm. even when they're older. So obviously you don't want to pick them too long, but like they, they can get like 12, 14 inches and they're, they are so prolific and they're my favorite green beans. So excited about that. We have our first dollar bank instant access question before we go to a break. It says a significant number of my magnolia leaves are turning brown and dropping. Is there anything I can do? I applied Holly tone in March. I wonder what kind of magnolia it is, because if it is like a uh, if you're if you're listening, whoever sent that message, send in an, send in another message and let us know what type of magnolia it is. Because if it is a Virginia magnolia, which are the ones with the white flowers, and they're actually semi evergreen. But what's happening right now, the new growth is emerging and all the old leaves are turning brown and dropping off. And that's, we have one right off of our patio and it's a little bit nerve wracking every year when it happens because you think, oh my gosh, something's happening to my tree, but that's just what the Virginia magnolias do. Did it bloom good for you? uh, It hasn't bloomed yet. The Virginia magnolias don't bloom until much later. Um, My early magnolias put on quite a show this year. So the purple one, like the saucer Mm -hmm. magnolias? Yeah. So if it's that, then you might have a different issue. But if it's a Virginia magnolia, it's a totally normal thing. When do they bloom? Uh, It'll probably be in flower maybe in mid-June, late June. Nice. And they're so fragrant. They're Mm. lovely and it's a native uh, tree. And the reason we put it where it we did is because Virginia magnolias can handle wet soil. And this is a really low lying area that just stays wet for a long time in the spring. And it's a perfect tree for that. There's lots of stuff blooming out there right now that's fragrant. Cause I drove back from Ohio the whole way with the top down and every different field or the something. The honey locusts yeah. are in bloom right now. E- oh, they're the best. Every different field. It was either going to, it's <laughs> the fragrance was either honey locust or cow manure. <laughs> <laughs> the honey locust is much better than the cow manure, but I noticed the honey locusts were in bloom this morning when I pulled off of uh, 79. I was had the windows cracked a little bit and you could smell them. They're so fragrant and lovely. Just like you, Rob. Fragrant and lovely. Or cow manure. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have much more of this fine show. If you'd like to join us, 866-391-1020. And uh, if you will, Doug, please tell him again what Davy Tree is going to be discussing today. Yeah, we're talking about summer storm prep, which is uh, a great thing to talk about. You know, like what... What can you do in advance to make sure that uh, you don't have any low-hanging uh, branches, that sort of thing? So we'll be talking all about how to get ready before things get uh, into thunderstorm season. Stay with us. More to come in a moment. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Hey, Marie, congratulations. She's from Pittsburgh. She won that gift certificate to Sorgles in Wexford. Doug? So, Jess, I have been talking to an inventor for 10 years uh, online, and I had him come to the garden to install his uh, latest invention, which is this really cool tomato trellis. I can't explain it on the radio. You'll have to see the, the video runs on Wednesday. So are you like the test subject uh-huh. for this? Yeah, yeah. So you're going to yeah, try yeah. it, see it's, how it's, it goes? I just, you know, uh, the guy... Huh. Uh, has has a lot of great ideas. He's worked with some other, like, you know, real big-time garden-type people, and he's a local, and so I said, yeah, I might be happy to try it out for my tomatoes, and it's the perfect type of trellis for my tomato, and it's just, again, I can't explain what it looks like on, on the radio. It, it, there's just no way to explain it, but it's really cool. So a fun, fun It'll new thing. it be interesting to see yeah, how yeah. it works out yeah, for yeah. you. Cool. Hey, Carol, how are you? She's calling today from Greensburg for Doug and Jess on KDK Radio. Hi, Carol. Hi. How you doing? What's on your mind? Okay, I was at the cemetery yesterday planting flowers in front of my um, mother and father's grave, and the tombstone is a white granite, and it does not have a polished finish on it, and I have moss on it, and I wonder what I can do to remove the moss. So I would just take um, a like a scotch bright sponge, right, with a little bit of a rough side, but I wouldn't use steel wool or anything like that. I would just take a rough sponge like that uh, and a little bit of um, like 10% bleach solution and just wash it off and rub real gently with that. That shouldn't harm the stone in any way. And then I would just rinse it off with some uh, fresh water after that. And there is there is an organic like moss Moss killer, moss yeah. Moss and algae. I think it uses fatty acids. Yeah, it's like a soap base. Like Safer is a company that I, I've, I've used it before. Like I've got a garden shed that when it had a uh, a different type of roof on it, always had moss on it. And that, just spray it on there and pff, off it goes. Yeah, it kills it though, but it doesn't remove it. So it looks not so hot. So I kind of feel like in this case, maybe like a physical what, what, removal would be good. Well, when I what I did was I sprayed it on there and then it, and then you, then it was easy to just, Get wash right it off, off with yeah. a hose yeah, or something yeah, like that. It just all kind of fell okay. apart. Disintegrated. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, okay. so I think so one of those. Are calling it safe? Is it's, that what it's well, called? the brand is called Safer, and you know it's what? Safer just, Moss Killer. I'm just actually just adding that. I think what Jessica said to get it off is fine. I'm just saying there's one more thing if you found it. I think it'd be much easier to do what Jessica said to but do. But that would leave the dead. Like the thing for me is using that Safer would be like great on a rooftop or something like that. But for me, for this, I think manual removal just with a soft sponge like that is going to be the best way to get rid of it because then you're not going to have like the dead moss hanging out there. Right. You know? Um, Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Next stop, Pittsburgh and uh, our caller. Listen, we've been here 14 years. That was the first time we've ever had that question. Yeah. I think we've heard almost every question before and that was the first time. 
First time for that? everything, how right? How about that? All right, here's Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl, how you doing? Where is Cheryl? Let's try again. Cheryl, are you there? Um, how would I? Um, how far could I cut back a wigella? It has the little trumpet flowers. It's mm-hmm. in blossom now. Yep. Um, it's about seven foot, and um, it's woody at the bottom and fuller at the top. So um, we had been to a nursery, and someone said we could really cut it back, and then it would get really full again at the bottom. But I, I hesitate to do that. Yeah, it's it's hard when you have an overgrown shrub like that. And this is true of wygilias, it's true of spireas, it's true of uh, lilacs and viburnums, right? Like we have that dead at the bottom and then it's all beautiful at the top and it, it makes us nervous to prune it back really hard. But that this is a plant that you can literally cut it all the way back down to the ground and, and it will sprout new growth. I have two of those. Oh, great. Two of yeah. those you just said in the, in the very top there, the spirea. And then the other question. Um, and the wygelia that are overgrown. <laughs> yeah. What can I use to fertilize um, the forsythia? Can I use like hollytone or something like I do for the azaleas? I would not do hollytone because uh, forsythia are not a plant that like to have acidic-based soils. So it's usually evergreens that we recommend the hollytone for. But I would do like plant tone, which is uh, a fertilizer that is not specific to um, not specific to acid-loving plants. So I would do just a uh, plant tone or flower tone even would work fine. All right. Thank you for the call. And most of those forsythias. They don't really need to be know, fertilized. They, they grow like a weed. Yeah. I almost never fertilize my shrubs except for the evergreens uh, just because of making sure the pH is. I'm right. actually going to be fertilizing my, I've got some uh, azaleas and rhododendrons and a kusa dogwood that's just not doing what it should do it i'm going to give them mm-hmm. a, i'm going to give those a little bit of holly tone this week just to give them a little bit of a boost let's take one more call before we get to the news at the bottom of the hour here's brad and clary and hey brad good morning good morning what's up brad i'm sorry i missed you you're about 45 minutes from my place and i couldn't find the location or the day it was supposed to be and i didn't make it oh brad i would have loved to see you <laughs> well next year we'll get together yeah but anyhow i had i have uh I can't wait till Wednesday. My daughter's bringing in a bunch of plans for me from out at Williamsport, and she got this stuff from a Amish where, uh, greenhouse. That that place looks like a, a little village of greenhouses. It's so big. But anyway, she's bringing in some Amish paste tomatoes and the chocolate peppers. You ever hear chocolate peppers? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I love I love Amish paste. That's a great variety. Okay, she's bringing some of those. And they bring in a variety of stuff, and I can't remember all the names, but I can't wait till Wednesday when she brings that, all that stuff. <laughs> well, in. you'll have your hands full. You'll have a big job to do planting all that. I'm sure. <laughs> You're ready, though, it sounds like, as long as you can keep the bears out of the right. garden. Be sure, to, be sure to plant enough for you and the bears. <laughs> right. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> well, I have. Uh, did I tell you about the uh, cool tomato that I got at May Market that I have only, I never grew before, but I've eaten it before and I loved it? Berkeley tie-dye. Berkeley tie-dye. Did I tell you about that? I am am so excited. I haven't planted my tomatoes in the garden yet. I've got a lot of other stuff planted, but I feel like the soil is still a little bit cool with all the rain we've had. So I've been holding off on planting my tomatoes and peppers, but those will probably go in later this week. Yeah, I planted the first round of tomatoes, but, you know, I'll be planting tomatoes 
for the next several weeks, leaving some space there because as that uh, soil warms up, I've got I've got some nice ones in the greenhouse, some nice big ones. All right, coming up, we're going to be talking to the folks at Davy Tree, and then of course we got Shelby Cassessi moments away with your news, more sports coming up, and yes, the Coons Cooking Hour, followed by Heffron Tillotson, your money, and you, and then it is the. Uh, Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show beginning at 11 a.m. If you want to join Doug and Jess, our number is 866-391-1020. You can also reach them at Dollar Bank Instant Access by going to kdkaradio.com. Stay with us. More of your Rob Pratt Sunday continues in minutes on KDKA Radio. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Okay, what do you say we start this half hour with the possibility of someone taking home a Janoski's gift certificate if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020. And now it's time for Talking Trees, a service of the Davy Tree Expert Company. Well, we welcome Eric Countryman to the studio to talk a little bit about uh, trees, and we want to start off with getting our trees ready for summer storm prep. What's the first thing we need to think about? Typically, the first thing you want to look for in any uh, of your larger trees specifically is any dead wood, any broken, any uh, sort of misplaced branches. Those are going to be the first ones in a storm that are going to crack. They're going to fall off. Uh, getting those pruned out properly so uh, they're not available to fall is probably the, the first best thing we could do. Do you do that kind of inspection? Like when you go to uh, uh, somebody's yard and you're, they want some tree, but you do look around to see? Yeah. yeah, Yeah, that's probably primarily the first thing you'd look for is look up and see what could come down. Uh, that's for safety uh, for the people below or the or any structures below, but you know also just for the health of the tree. Leaving dead wood and just rots into the tree. But I know there's some trees that we're not supposed to prune. But if it's dead wood, is it okay? Like well, I'm talking specifically oaks and elms. What what do we do if we see dead wood up on a tree like that? We leave dead wood alone in oaks okay. and elms this time of the year. If it's a very dangerous, you know, large dangerous, we can take off some of the weight, leaving you oh, know, that ha- makes sense. you know, and then come back in the dormancy period. Um, um, or we could use some tree sealant and paint, but really the safest thing to do is to leave it alone. Talk about the importance of that, of why we're not uh, cutting oaks and elms right now in any way. Yeah, oak trees uh, have a uh, ability to be infected with oak wilt disease. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it's it a fungal green. disease that uh, comes in through a, a beetle vector, and, and, and it is attracted to the trees by the open wounds. The elm trees uh, have the same sort of process, but it's called Dutch elm disease. Um, These are pretty catastrophic fungal uh, diseases Mm -hmm. spread into the vascular system of the trees. They can spread root to root to the nearby trees. It can really cause a, a, a big problem. That's, I, I love the science. I mean, I don't like oak wilt, but I love the science between how pathogens like that do spread mm-hmm. through the way the roots attach to each other. Yeah. People don't realize that, that underneath the ground, trees are connected to each other through grafts of their roots. Some and of so, us do. <laughs> some of for you, somebody has o- some that have oak wilt. Well, I know it's not good for the, you, but yeah. it's, it's interesting how like pathogen transmission can take mm-hmm. place like that from one plant to another through something that we don't even see under the ground. That's you right. Know? Yeah. Which is, okay, so, you know, the other thing, aside from making sure we prune out any dead branches that a lot of people don't think about is lightning like what you know and 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 wind damage Mm -hmm. for summer storms so how do you guys manage that so um lightning is a a 
it, it's surprising how often we see lightning damage on trees. It could have happened 10 years before, but there'll be a big streak down the uh, down the trunk that had been kind of healed over. But that damage is still internal. A lot of times lightning will travel behind the bark. And so you may not even really see big visible signs of it for quite a while, but it can really damage a tree. And the best thing to do if you have a particularly important or, you know, love tree is putting a lightning protection system in it's cable or uh, copper cable wire that we string all the way up to the top and out on the main limbs down the trunk and then out to a ground rod so that it directs the lightning away from the tissue of the tree and then down into the uh, the ground rod that's cool so when the lightning strikes it strikes the copper wire yeah. or cable instead of striking the tree and then that carries it down yeah. on the outside of the tree. So that's mounted to the outside of the tree. Correct, yeah. Mm. It's, and uh, it takes a little bit of you know maintenance to keep a, that system intact. I mean, not a lot, but every few years it's important if you do have one, have it inspected and a reinstalled. Trees do continue to grow. You know, you don't want it to grow around your cable. Mm. Um, you know, lightning actually works from coming up from the ground and from the sky. So you kind of, have a, and that's where the damage can really get, where you get blowouts of trees. We've seen some of that actually recently. Uh, so lightning protection is great. The other thing is if you have um, kind of not great branch attachments, really tight crotches with a lot of bark in the middle, those can be a soft spot uh, in the trees and can cause them to split apart uh, during uh, high wind events, particularly Bradford pear trees are kind of the number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are um, some mechanical ways to help with that is cabling, where we up about two-thirds of the way up in the tree, uh, install steel cables from limb to limb to help the swaying of the tree. And then down in the uh, where the attachment is, we can use threaded rod kind of drilled through and attached with nuts and washers, kind of like a Frankenstein bolt to help <laughs> hold those things together. And the trees just grow right around them and incorporate it. So it's not really harmful to the plant at all. Eric, you guys are I, like doctors, <laughs> tree doctors. I went to a garden consult the other day to a brand new neighborhood, and I was telling Jess this the other day. Two rows of Bradford pears yeah. in a brand new development. Now, don't be shy. Tell us, tell us what you think of Bradford pears. They're probably the worst <laughs> tree you can have. I mean, they're very. That's not shy. Yeah, they're very spectacular to look at in the springtime. I they're understand. They're smelly though. Like they, I think their blooms are stinky. They, they're sm- now, there they are, smell like fish. There look. are some particular varieties. If you if you are an expert in trees and know what to look for, you could probably go buy one that's going to last you a really long time. There's you know, Cleveland Select is the one that's really straight up and down. Not a lot of you know extra branches, but almost all of them are trash yeah. <laughs> they're not great yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's not shy at no. all yeah no, no okay. i'm glad it's not shy i mean there are whole communities as i understand in indy in uh was it indianapolis gosh i can't remember um, but i read somewhere where they're actually the the communities are paying <laughs> for the removal of bradford pears on properties especially near the street side because mm-hmm. they're causing so many issues with the electric lines and falling on them and falling on the sidewalks and sure. things that they're well, actually paying people to get rid in, of them. Up in Slippery Rock, a lot of those Bradford pears are, are cracking and also have fire blight. And mm. so, oh, yes. and yeah. so they're, they're, they're replanting trees there. But you know, Eric, off the air, we talked about, uh, I asked you about an, an interesting tree to plant and you came up with one that I don't know much about. So uh, it's it's pretty rare to see people use them in a landscape setting, but it's kind of unfortunate. Is the Kentucky coffee tree? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have large pinnacle leaves, uh, very similar to like a black walnut, but even bigger. Uh, they get this nice kind of medium size canopy that opens up kind of mushroomy, a bit like an elm, and then they get they do get these kind of large fruity seed pods. Uh, they kind of uh, 
but they're very easy to clean up because they're pretty big. And they're just really nice trees. They look very simple in the winter. They're not very branchy, and uh, they're just they're just they they're very hardy. They're really nice trees. Is that the arborist term, branchy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like a pin oak, right? All the, right, all yeah, the yeah, extra, right, they're yeah. really yeah. you know furry looking. Yeah. So how yeah, tall does not. a Kentucky coffee tree get at maturity? Uh, I mean, at maturity, about probably about 50, 60 feet. Okay, so it's a substantial tree. size tree. It, yeah, but it's not a hundred and you know right, foot oak. Right. Or is it native to Pennsylvania or is it further south? Or? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily native here, but it's native to the U.S. Okay, I mean, it's right, a, right, right. With a name like Kentucky, it should yeah, be. Yeah, it's exactly right. <laughs> All right, close enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to look a little more about that tree because I, I am, you know, always on the prowl for... Or new trees yeah. in our landscape. We have two, three. We have a beautiful tricolored beach in our front yard mm-hmm. that looks really good. And uh, you know, my favorite tree is the black gum, and ours has just leafed out, and nice. it's really starting to take off. I got it from Tree Pittsburgh as a seedling a couple <laughs> years ago, so it's looking really good. And then I put good. in an American hornbeam and a sourwood. But oh, uh, I love nice. sourwoods. Yeah. You know, I had a oak tree drop and i just want to put some other different interesting things in there to see you know to see what we can do i just want to grow some other stuff you know uh it's in the forest though all right eric i want you to stick around because i'm sure we're gonna have some more uh tree questions for more information about davy tree or to ask what's going on with your trees Go to www.davy.com slash KDKA. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. She's a grower, horticulturist, and our garden goddess, Denise Schreiber. How are you this morning? I'm good. And at least it's not going to rain for a little while. I can get more work done out in the garden today. I hope you didn't just jinx it, Denise. Yeah, well, (laughs) for the amount of, you know what, for the amount of rain we've had, it really doesn't matter. Right. You know, so I've gotten some of my deck boxes planted. I got my amazel basil. Oh, Yeah. Oh, oh, it's it's like the Holy Grail trying to find it. I found it one place in Pittsburgh. Uh, actually, there's a ton of it at Han Nursery. So tell them what that basil is. Um, so the amazel basil is actually a uh, sterile form of basil. It is a large basil. It will grow almost to uh, two and a half foot, uh, but you got to put it in a large pot or in the ground. It really does much better that way. It is immune. Well, they're saying highly resistant, but I found that it's immune to the basil downy mildew, uh, which I've had you know problems with for the past five years. I've lost my basil as early as mid-June. Um, I grew it last year, and all my other basil succumbed, and this one just kept right on going till frost. Uh, harvest the leaves, you can keep harvesting it. And unlike other basils, uh, when they start to flower, you know, the flavor goes south of it with this basil. You know, if you see it starting to flower, just pinch it off, and then it will just keep producing more leaves rather than more flowers. I guess i got to get me some amazel basil because... I had basil downy mildew terrible in my garden last yeah, year. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's a new thing from Proven Winners, and like I said, Han Nursery. I was I'm, just at Han, and I didn't even. Yeah, think back to in look. that back in that back vegetable yeah. greenhouse. It, there's all sorts of stuff. All right, this is a dollar bank instant access. We actually have got a number of them in the last couple of minutes. I have noticed dogwood tree that is three years old. I have five to six inches of new growth on the tree. I'm worried about the cicada damaging the tree. I've read that if you use a ground cover around the tree, it will actually help 
prevent damage from cicadas. If that's the case, let me know. I'm afraid. What can we do? Well, we happen to have an arborist expert right here, Eric, from Davy Tree. We were talking about the cicadas off air. Yes. Uh, the brood is brood eight. I think that's about to emerge of the 17-year cicadas. And describe the damage that they do and how people can prevent it. So the female uh, cicadas get onto the branch ends and scratch us uh, kind of a trough on the out on the top of the branch and then deposit their eggs in there. Now, it will cause a little bit of damage to that new growth in the end, but it's usually not a catastrophic problem for the tree. Even on a young tree like that? Even on a young tree. I mean, it might cause a little disfigurement, right? It maybe needs a little bit of tip pruning here at the end of the year, but it's not going to be anything that's going to set it back too, too far. Okay. I would say if you have a very young tree, maybe to try to net it during the cicada season that way you keep them out of it but otherwise there's not a ton of uh, ways to really keep them out mm-hmm. so i've heard people do like the floating row cover mm-hmm. a sort of cover the tree just for the couple of weeks that the cicadas are going to be out and yeah. the thing I, I think is important for people to realize with these cicadas is they're loud and they might seem scary because they're pretty large insects but there's absolutely zero chance of them harming you mm-hmm. in any way they don't they're not going to eat you they're not going to they don't even have a mouth part that they can eat your trees the damage is from the egg laying behaviors of the female but there are absolutely nothing to be scared of in terms mm-hmm. of human health correct yeah right i can't wait to see them to tell you the truth because I, I it's been a long time since i saw two this week it was pretty exciting yeah since I, I'm I haven't a bug seen nerd. Them since i was a kid so <laughs> it'll be kind of fun to see uh for you eric when the uh when these do emerge does it have anything anyway they're going to be all over the trees right does that affect you in any way when you're working on the trees or not really it's more of a nuisance. <laughs> they're yeah. just going to be flying around and, and making a ton of noise. Yeah. I mean, it, they're very loud. You have to shout over top of them. But uh, no, they don't really, I mean, again, just sort of in the way. Yeah, we were saying about the last hatch in, in Washington, how you, you couldn't even talk outside on the phone, right? Yeah, it was just <laughs> so so much vibration, it's just hard to hear. Is it okay to, to plant some trees this time of the year? Can we still get some trees in? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But water, right? Water, yeah. And, and you know, even if you plant it in March, it's still going to be important to water through the summer. So. All right, Eric, thanks so much. As always, remember the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com